Lego is for absolutely anybody. You can walk in and again, there's something in there for everyone that walks into the Lego store. It, it, it doesn't look right. It just doesn't look right. I, I, I don't know what to say from there. The face looks really flat. Hair that has a long receding hairline. Welcome back to the Lego Stud Podcast. I'm your host, Garrett. Just being funny, guys. If you listened to some of the previous episodes, welcome back. And if not, you're a first-time listener, highly recommend you go back and check some of the episodes. This is going to be episode 7 with another Lego Builder interview from TK Bricks on Instagram. And we'll be talking to him about some of his builds. But a little bit of the admin first. We're going to be talking to a lot of designers through the next couple months. I will try to space it out as much as I can. And uh, hopefully this will continue into the foreseeable future having these interviews because I know I enjoy them and I, I truly hope you do as well. We'll also start, of course, as we always do, with the bricking news from this past week. LEGO continues to surprise us with a lot of new sets. Firstly, we'll start off with the Marvel set reveals. We had an Iron Man Hulkbuster suit again come out. This time, it looks like he got hit in the head with a hammer a very flat head some of the figures are nice though we do have a chromed iron man as well as a gold chromed iron man figure there was another helmet bust that came out this one was for iron man's helmet also strange it it, it doesn't look right it just doesn't look right I, I don't know what to say from there the face looks really flat then the avengers tower battle which is over 650 pieces it's a remake of another Avengers Tower. This one has the A on it. A bunch of figures and inner details, which I think is a nicer set. They did reveal a new theme series. So just as for me, I'm a big Brickheads fan, this is now called Brick Sketches. It is designed off of another LEGO designer's idea. He's Power Pig on Instagram. He actually recently just got hired by LEGO, and these came out just after his hiring. It looks like he probably collabed or made them for LEGO. They're almost like mini artworks. So we have a First Order Stormtrooper, BB-8, Batman, and the Joker. And they're all like little faces. They look nice. I think they might be a little expensive. They haven't officially released the price, but it looks like it's going to be over $20 for these sets. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Another thing that was revealed was Super Mario power-up packs. So when the Super Mario sets came out, it showed that the hat and the legs and the body could be replaced in some way to maybe have Mario look like a different Mario because of his, you know, power-ups. So there will be a Fire Mario power-up pack, Propeller Power Mario pack, so it has a propeller on his head and the white stripe and a red overalls. Then you have the Cat Mario, so it's got the cat ears, tail, and a yellow suit, and the Builder Mario, so it's got the yellow construction helmet and a worker's belt on. It's, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> Mario, it's a it's a very interesting concept. So I, I know a lot of people are going to be very interested in the set when it finally comes out. So some extras to tap on that is Lego has these extra sets where it's a grouping of small detailed items such as traffic lights or park benches to add to your sets if you're creating a town. Now they built onto that including tape. So you can tape sets together with a road or a, a gravel detailing. And they've come out with two others. One has a little scooter and some traffic cones. And then another is water. So it's got a little canoe uh, and fishing utilities to go with it. And that's it for Lego News this week. Tune in next week's edition of Bricking News. It seems Lego, no matter if there is a pandemic or not, is constant in what they're trying to keep up with, getting us more and more products that we love and probably will spend a lot of money on. And now I'll get to what you've all been waiting for, the Builder interview. All right, everybody, welcome to the Lego Stud Podcast. I'm your host, Garrett. And today we have another special Lego Builder interview. Today we're going to be talking to Tim, and his Instagram is TK Bricks, which I'm going to say a lot of you probably know. There's about 66,000 followers here. First and foremost, Tim, uh, I'd love if you introduced yourself to our fellow listeners, and then we can dive into some discussions on Lego. Well, first of all, Garrett, thanks for having me today. Uh, 
excited to be on the podcast talking about Lego. Uh, my name is uh, Tim Tilly, and I am a middle-aged dude, 43 years old, live in Kansas City, Missouri. I'm married, have three kids, all out of the house, all graduated college. Very proud of that. So I'm an empty nester looking for things to do, and have been a Lego lover in my early childhood, and then have picked it up since the kids have been out out of the house. And I use this as my primary hobby, and absolutely love it. That's awesome. Now, with your kids out of the house, do you get to use one of their rooms now, or did you already have a room set aside for your Legos? Well, they had uh, the three bedrooms upstairs. We also have a finished basement. We used that basement when they were here, but now that they're gone, I kind of claim the basement as a Lego room. Uh, with my wife, we use a, about a 250-square-foot city and uh, have built that up over several years. So my primary building space is the finished basement where there's pretty much all Lego and uh, a laundry room. So that's it. The bedrooms are free for them when they come back and visit. Nice. Yeah, so now I'm, I'm picturing uh, the Lego movie basement. Is that kind of the cityscape we're looking at? doesn't necessarily like she wants to keep it mainly all the same theme you know we've got creator sets in there we've got the disney castle with an amusement park and then we've got a winter theme and then we've got a big open space that is yet to be decided on what we're going to put there so i've put in some harry potter sets so you know it's it's definitely a work in progress we also have a like a satellite beach uh, woods scene where i've got the ninjago city set up with a gigantic ocean scene we've got that filled with ships and the wood scene is you know filled with amping and, and whatnot so that that part is is mainly filled but the the city is definitely a work in progress cool yeah so at your ninjago scene I, i'm guessing you've seen the new monkey kid sets and would you be adding some of those you know i've seen i, I went through them today i could definitely see incorporating uh, some of those especially that ship i don't know what the name of it is was like 150 bucks so it's a fairly good size a ship but i absolutely love the colors of those sets and just the entire monkey kid theme looks so unique the one thing i'm hoping that they don't do is cannibalize uh, ninjago for the sake of monkey kid because i really enjoy ninjago so hopefully those two can live in unison but definitely see incorporating some of those sets into the city yeah it kind of it seems almost like a subgenre of ninjago uh, or like a spin-off because it's kind of almost the same style builds. I think it's called the Headquarters Barge. I think people are going to like both. Uh, I know Ninjago is still continuing with their builds. This just kind of seems like, oh, we've had a success with Ninjago. Let's continue building from that brand. Yes, and I think the designers did a really good job with the colors, the styles. I think a brand new story, and I'm really not familiar with uh, Monkey Kid. I heard it's big, and I believe it's a Chinese theme, if I'm not mistaken. I've heard it's huge over there, and uh, it's nice to see a unique theme here in the United States uh, that, that people can really get excited about. So I'm, I'm excited to see uh, what Monkey Kid's going to do here. Hopefully it takes off like Hidden Side does, because I really like that also. I think they're doing a really good job putting out some new new ideas and new themes. Yeah, and I know a lot of people have been concerned that LEGO kind of just revamps or continues with its city sets, but this this does look good. I know it will be catered primarily to the Chinese market, but it's going to be a huge market. We expected that. That's why they came out with the original Chinese New Year's sets, which I wish they would have just started here too, because I know a lot of us enjoyed those sets and it was almost impossible to get. Pick up any of those primarily because I didn't know where to put them in the city. I have to be really specific about what I'm going to do with that set because I have fairly limited space. I know if I were to take a picture of the space I have, people would go, Are you crazy? You have a ton of space, which I do. You know, I have a, a fairly good backlog of sets. Before I purchase something, I have to know in my mind or have to run it by my wife, like, Where are we going to put this rather than just stuff it on a shelf somewhere? So I'm pretty particular and pretty intentional about what I buy. That's nice, though, because it kind of limits you and kind of gives you that direction to go to instead of just, oh, I'm going to buy every set I see. It's I have to be methodical about it. Absolutely. I'd go broke if I used the other. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure we all would because everybody's got a list that they would love to have. And then you realize, well, I don't think I have room for a UCS Star Destroyer in my college apartment. I know many people who said, I, while I don't have room, I'm going to buy it anyway and figure it out afterwards. And it just never worked out really well. Yeah, I mean, mine, 
personally is still sitting in the box because I still haven't figured out where. Wife says, oh, we need a space to put it. And so, like, you got to build a furniture around it almost because I have the Millennium Falcon, but I need to build a coffee table for it. So this will be an entertainment center and so on. It, it never ends. As we talk about the city, I'm thinking of it is probably minifigure scale. Do you and your wife have your own minifigures of yourselves in your city? something that we ha have never done while i like the collectible minifigures i've not gotten serious into collecting minifigs or designing something after us i don't know why that is but i i appreciate the creativity of other people and man people put some together some really cool minifigs of themselves but i've not gotten around to do that I, it'd be nice maybe i'll ask my kids or some of my friends to put together a minifig for me and see how that turns out i think that would be more exciting that would yeah that would be cool because then it's the outside looking in perspective instead of you him hawing and trying to figure out which hair to use because there's so many different ones yeah i think it would be like i don't know if they create a a, a hair that has a long receding hairline i don't know if it would <laughs> be something my friends would put on me or maybe it probably be a hat because i <laughs> maybe it's just so they don't have any hair left i know they do have the the bald old man but i don't think the receding hairlines yet <laughs> yeah I, and i don't i'm not ready to admit that i'm into an old man phase yet <laughs> that way but i think the receding hairline would fit me best maybe with a hat it doesn't matter either way which is nice because as a minifigure you can continually change it like i have a i've red hair and you can only find it like two parts so most of the time i'm Ron Weasley from the old uh, Harry Potter sets, yeah. Really? They only have two? I'm trying to think. Uh, of all the hair out there, you, you have the color that has the least amount of options. Is that correct? As far as I know, and I've tried a few times to build it, but, you know, with the collectible minifigures, they're always changing the hairstyles. So there might be more red out there now. I know that they've done some more red hair in the female style, but my hair isn't that long yet. We're getting there. Yeah, I think I would, if I were to build a minifig of myself, it would probably be a Star Wars t-shirt. I have tons of those because I'm a big Star Wars fan. My wife asked me today if they create, if Lego has created a t-shirt with a Star Wars theme on it. I honestly, I don't know. I can't think of one. I know there's probably some custom t-shirts out there with a Star Wars theme. I really need to look into that because if I were to put one together, it would be the Star Wars t-shirt a pair of blue jeans and sneakers and a hat. And that would be me. I mean, I, so I've been a Lego fan since I was probably six years old and continue to build not only Lego sets, but my own creations. What, when do you remember starting Lego and do you remember your first set? I think my first set, I don't remember the set number, but it was a castle theme set. I remember it came in a yellow box I distinctly remember the box having a plastic insert with specific compartments that you could put pieces in. I don't know if that helped. I guess that helped sort the pieces, but it was, it had, I remember it being castle themed. The castle was gray and it had blue and red flags. It had a couple horses with it. And I remember playing with that set over and over again and being immersed in that castle theme i i pretended i was a knight i uh, story told with that set just remember getting down on my floor playing with that set for days and just having so much fun and that's what i remember most about lego as a kid just those even though the sets weren't that big now that you look at it they were probably, I don't even know if they were a thousand pieces. They probably weren't, but it seemed like it was so big because, you know, as a, as a kid, everything is so big. I, I just love those sets so much. And, and so I had probably two or three of those castle sets. I got into, uh, I remember building a big rig. It was the uh, front part of the 18-wheeler. I remember that was a, a special build for me. It was white, red, and blue. And then, of course, having just various pieces you took those those sets apart and you just build whatever you could your imagination uh, could build i remember doing a lot of that i also played a lot with masters of the universe and gi joe so i intermixed the three of those uh, themes and 
created whatever I could uh, from that. But I s- probably stopped playing with Lego because I was in Boy Scouts as a child, and that took up a big part of my uh, childhood uh, with my dad. So I probably stopped with Lego before the age of 10 and then picked it back up uh, oh, about five years ago. Um, once the kids had left, um, I was looking for things to do, and I got on Amazon and searched for Lego, and I saw this awesome Lego tower bridge, and I took a picture of it, texted my wife, and, and said, will you build this with me? And she goes, sure, why not? That's what kicked off my adult love of Lego and have loved it ever since. So there's about a third, unlike you, who loved, sounds like you've loved Lego your entire life, I had about a 25 to 30 year window where I had pretty much did nothing with Lego, but have picked it up. And in five years, Lego is part of my everyday life. It was a pretty big uh, space of a dark period, but I'm glad I picked it back up. And I think my wife is too. She, she'll build a lot of sets with me. Not the Star Wars sets. She's not into Star Wars, but the rest of it, she is. So. I think your dark age as I think we've all come to call it has was caused by children. So you don't have any of those yet, but I feel like that's going to probably happen to me. It's, it's hard to, I guess, balance because, you know, we all dedicate a lot of time to Lego because being creative takes that extra time to get it just right. It sounds like you've still had a long history with Lego. Did you look at Legos through your time period of 25 years, but just never purchased any? Like seeing the Star Wars sets come out, all the Ninjago sets and so on? I don't specifically remember that happening. Just because there are so many different things going on in my life, raising kids is, you know, primor- primarily your focus. Mm-hmm. If I do remember it it didn't make a lasting impression um I, i'm sure at some point i walked through toys r us and saw sets because i did watch the star wars i've always been a star wars fan just never bought lego sets probably because number one uh, you just don't have it with three kids don't have the money i didn't have the money to buy lego sets mm-hmm. load on the priority list that primarily was a a, a big factor um but you know, that desire never came. And it was just so weird to think about coming to that uh, point where, hey, you know, will you build this with me? This just like random Lego bridge. It didn't have any meaning to me when I suggested it to my wife, other than it looked cool. That was like what got me back into Lego. And it's interesting to think about because I really didn't have a purpose for picking out that set or I didn't have an intention of getting back into Lego Uh, with that decision i just wanted something to do and for some reason both she and i went wow this is fun and that's what kicked it off it was like this spark that just needed to be reignited i just didn't purposely do it like you said after you built that set you you had the spark is that what started your your town the idea of just continuing to grow upon it or was it just that you enjoyed building so much why not why stop now just continue going so the funny thing about that set, a, a little side story, when we opened that set, and I will swear that the bags were not numbered, but my wife will swear that they were, <laughs> she was like, how do you how do you go about building this? Because we hadn't built a set, and I hadn't built one since I was a kid, and I can't remember when or if she had ever built a, a set. I said, well, I guess we just take all of these pieces out of the bag and dump them in big one pile and then follow <laughs> the instructions. <laughs> and for some reason she accepted that and it took us forever to put that set together uh with our second set she swore that we weren't going to do that process again and our second set parisian restaurant and that was definitely a numbered set we built that and then enjoyed that so much enjoyed the detailing enjoyed the colors it looked so authentic that we said, oh, let's see what else is out there. And so we got online, and I think there were like two or three different creator modulars available at that time. And so we went back and we purchased all of those. And then we had like a collection of five or six different sets. I think there were three or four different modulars. We put them all together on the countertop, and I just thought to myself, wow, this kind of looks like a city. I wonder if anybody else has done a city. 
And so I got on YouTube and of course went down that rabbit hole. I got inspired, said to my wife, well, why don't we make a city out of these modulars that it kind of grew from there. So we went back and we put together as many modulars as we could. We had to brick link some, you know, go to that second marketplace, secondary marketplace, because some of them were just way out of our price range. Cafe corner being one of them. I think the green grocer was retired at that point. So we had to chip in a little bit of extra money, but it took us about a, a year, year and a half to get to a size where we needed a dedicated space. And by that time, we had emptied out the finished basement and we had this space where we could build something for our city. We went out, bought some MDF from Home Depot, bought some uh, sawhorses, and we put together about a 50 square foot city. Then we started landscaping it and we built a city square around it. And that stayed for about a year. And we got to the point where we said, okay, this is too crowded. You know, we had added the fairground with the Ferris wheel and the carousel and said, this is too crowded. We need some extra space. Talked about how big we wanted to go with the basement. We wanted to be able to walk around it and not be crowded. We needed a space in the center where we could access. We built about a 250 square foot uh, platform. And this is probably, I'd say, probably my biggest architectural accomplishment. <laughs> my wife uh, did an amazing job putting all the schematics together. We went to Ikea and bought some legs, covered the entire thing with felt so it looks like one gigantic pool table with a big empty hole in the center of it. And then we started adding on from there. Going back to that spark, I think it was just like this something inside that I didn't know that needed to be reignited. But once it was, it was just like this world of possibility. And we just let our minds roam from there. And today we've got this awesome city. Look forward to adding on more to it. Believe it or not, we, due to some unforeseen circumstance, did not purchase the bookshop uh, on day one, which we usually do, but can't get a hold of it other than through the secondary market right now, because I think it's still sold out on uh, Lego's website. So we're up to date other than that bookshop. We love it. It takes a lot of our uh, time, keeps us busy. I mean, the creator expert sets, especially the modular towns, were, I think, an inspiration for a lot of people to start towns or at least get into the idea. I remember the first couple sets. I think the one I was most interested in was the, the movie theater because it came around the time of the Lego movie. I think I was disappointed with the interior because it was very minimal. But then when that Parisian restaurant came out, they really dove into, you know, it's not just about the outside, but the inside getting people interested in having the restaurant inside and the little apartment upstairs. That was my first creator module modular set. And I've tried. I mean, it's hard to keep up. There's only so much money you have for Legos a year that I haven't got the town square yet or garage corner. Uh, mm -hmm. And the bookstore, I, I, the bookstore with the birch tree looks amazing. I think that's awesome that just putting them together gave you the creative idea to, hey, let's let's build the city. Hopefully one day we'll, I'll get to a point where I'm I'm there, but most of mine are just electronically built. But I bet a lot of our listeners have that same same idea. Let's build let's build our own city. Yeah, and I think sometimes it's intentional and sometimes it's not. I would bet most of the time it's not intentional. I don't think most people set out to say, okay, let's take this part of our house and make a Lego town. You know, there's just a, a lot of things that. Uh, won't work for that, you know, whether it's they don't have a space or, you know, we're, we want to keep this area open for people to enjoy the space, you know. Luckily, uh, we have another part of our house that we live in and we rarely go down to the basement. So it would just happen to work for us. I, I'd say for most people, it's just my guess, it's never intentional to make a city when they uh, build these. I know Lego, that's what Lego wants you to do because <laughs> they make money that way, right? Uh, right. They want people to make cities, uh, but it, yeah, it was never really intentional. It just kind of happened organically. I'm excited to see what is coming because I, I, you know, I think there was a, a point where Lego might have considered stopping building the modulars because they weren't sure how popular they were. And then once, like you said, once they put started putting interiors in modulars, people really, I, I think, got more interested in the sets. That's just kind of the way it happened for us. You know, it was interesting you mentioned that, the Palace Cinema. I, I agree. When you go back and look at some of the older sets, and I know it has a lot to do with the pieces that were available at the time, 
there weren't really detailed interiors. And I think a lot of that had to do with the amount of money Lego gave the designers for budget. But uh, I think that Parisian restaurant was a very good example of very well-made Lego modular and what the designers could really do if they were given the budget. Ever since that restaurant, uh, the, the interiors have been so good. And one thing we really haven't talked about yet is the lighting. And I know Lego has just started to dab in with, with lighting kits. I know they aren't available in, in the U.S., but I did see some news where they put out, we're kind of getting a feeling of how people want it or if they were interested in lighting kits. Light my bricks, which is where I get most of my lights and brick stuff. Lighting these modulars really turns your town into something special because we don't have a ton of light in our basement, but man, putting light kits in modulars really changes the look of your city. And I know it, it, it can get a little bit expensive, but for those people who haven't done it, try it in just one modular and see what you think of it. It will absolutely blow your mind what putting lights in a, a modular will do because people can come and visit your town and just look through the windows and see all those details without having to take it apart. And it just adds another element uh, to your city. So I'm slowly converting my city to... Uh, putting lights into as much as I can just just because it makes it look so much better. I think there's a, I think you're going to see Lego add some uh, proprietary lighting kits to sets coming out within the next couple of years. It's like an add-on for like 60 bucks. I think they can make a lot of money that way. I think you're right because they've, they've started to do that with the motorized systems too such as the haunted house or any of the fair style you can add on to make it more mechanical and the next step is lights there's a lot of third-party market for it and lego saw that i think those are prototypes i believe that came out they're like this is our idea of what they would look like and people got really upset because it looked like i, I believe they just took some of the lighting kits from somebody else to see what the marketing it as with the lego name behind it would do i personally don't have any yet i think you're right it, it does add that extra level of detail which would be great for anyone even just one build just having almost like a little nightlight or display piece being lit with an interior lighting system makes it look so realistic it's it's awesome maybe we will see that i hope we do they've they've broadened out into the adult market so i guess the word is aggressive in the past five to 10 years, because they see that the market's there, that we are willing to pay top dollar for really detailed models. And for yourself getting into it just in the past five years, you've definitely seen that happening a lot. Is that what kind of drove you into some of these more detailed sets and starting your Instagram account? Well, when I, this is a very interesting question because when we first started off uh, with the city at a point, I had I had said, okay, there are a ton of Star Wars sets and there, there's everything else. And I remember my wife asking me at some point, okay, we need to either choose Star Wars or City. Okay, we can't have both. And I chose City to begin with. She knew that I've always wanted 10179, which is the, the first edition UCS Millennium Falcon. So there was, that was like kind of in the back of her mind of like this my set that i've always wanted but stuck with it and we just did city but then we came to a point where we had kind of purchased everything that was available at that point we started uh, getting on rebrickable and seeing what was available uh in mocks and that's kind of where we got into started delving into mocks for the first time started looking at adding on to the city with sets that other people had created purchasing the bricks we needed through uh, Bricklink and building. We I think we built a a barn. We built a museum and a couple other sets. Built our own train station before the Disney train station was available, just so that would be part of our amusement park. But we mainly stuck to city sets. But then at a point, it became there wasn't anything new. So, but I still had that desire to build things. At that point, the Millennium Falcon, the second edition had came out. I had been following the news for a while and then getting my wife ready for that. Okay, this is going to be $800. Is this going to be okay for me to do that? Uh, she knew how much I wanted it. So it did come out. I was able to purchase that. And that kind of got me on my Star Wars kick. Uh, it was like, wow, this is amazing. I, I, 
we we put it together took us about 30 hours to build and then there was it like opened up this other world of of sets that reflected my love of star wars so i put together some other star wars sets that were available at the time and then there were some amazing mocks that people had made the imperial star destroyer at 15,500 pieces was was something that i really enjoyed number one finding the parts for that took me like six months I went through my collection of parts that I had built up over a couple years, and I was able to get about 8,000 pieces of the 15,000 needed. So I purchased the other 7,000. And just that process alone was fun for me because I was able to organize everything how I wanted it, was able to get, you know, it was like this process where I got excited. The anticipation of being able to put this thing together was was fantastic. And I started documenting that. Uh, and I found that uh, Instagram was a good way to document that and let people know that I was excited. And it was sort of a, an organic thing with Instagram where I, I started documenting. People got excited about the build. I remember putting that together over about oh, a couple months. And I looked on my Instagram account and people were really excited about the process and had a lot of questions about it. And I really enjoyed answering those questions. And I started getting to meet people through Instagram and follow their work on different projects. Over time, people just started following and I got to meet more people. And then I decided, wow, there's a lot of really cool builds out there. I want to make people aware of some things that other people are doing. And so I started showcasing other builds. My account grew and I decided one day to post a picture of the solo Millennium Falcon set Lego had just came out with. I set it on top of the UCS Millennium Falcon. And I took a picture and said, uh, don't tell me the odds. I think I used that phrase that Han Solo famously quoted in Star Wars. Don't tell me the odds of making or not making the, not making the solo Millennium Falcon, something like that. And people got interested and something in my mind when I posted that sparked the idea, what if I made a UCS Kessel Run Millennium Falcon? And, And that's how I got to build my, that's how the idea was sparked for my UCS Kessel Run Millennium Falcon. That was my first big mock. And it took me about 500 hours to design it. I designed it through Bricklink Studio and I documented the, the process. And every part of that from the interior to the exterior was documented. And I think that's when my uh, account really took off was that documentation and the process along the way and then I built it in real life. Ever since then, uh, I've just documented uh, new mocks and Instagrams really, kind of really took off. I've met a re- really a lot of really cool people and a lot of really talented people through Inst- Instagram. And that's the, I think the cool thing about social media is you can meet a lot of people you'd never be able to meet in real life just through this community of Lego. The com- Lego community is awesome. I've really enjoyed meeting a lot of people uh, like you. You know, Lego's brought us together to talk about something that we all have in common and love. So yeah, Instagram just kind of the conduit for that. It's a great story to hear because it doesn't take much to really get interested. And when some when people are behind you on an idea, it, it fuels you. Because I know, I remember when you started the Kessel Run UCS Millennium Falcon in the process it because i would queue into instagram just to watch it go by because i'm also just there to find and look at amazing builds that people are doing because there's so much creativity out there and seeing your process of just taking what we all know and love from the 800 set and making it that kessel run classic set with a full interior the design process it it gives us a great insight onto how you know, we see ourselves as designers, but then you give other people kind of the um, the looking glass or the mirror to see inside a full build. And it's it's a beautiful build. I also really enjoy when you decide to change the coloring. So uh, the, what was it? The mystery, uh, the mystery van style. Uh, you have Benny's spaceship coloring. When you change it to the full gold Millennium Falcon, it creates a, extra bit of creativity i think was there an inspiration to do that or did you just think oh this would be cool and you know it gets 
like Scooby-Doo fans also in interested in Star Wars? You know, I, I didn't, I think the first one I posted and I, I may be wrong, but I remember thinking, how cool would this look in all black? I had seen some other people's builds of all black Star Wars vehicles. I thought, well, how cool would that be? How cool would this look in all black? And the great thing about the software I use, uh, Studio by Bricklink, is that you can change a, a color or a piece to any color you want. It doesn't take a lot of effort just to change the entire model to one specific color. So I did that. I posted it and people were like, wow, that looks amazing. And then I started having these ideas. Well, why don't I apply it, uh, some of these other skins like Scooby-Doo? Or I think I started off with, hey, a BB-8 themed Kessel Run Millennium Falcon. And then I did 3PO and Sith Trooper Millennium Falcon skin. The reaction from people was amazing. They're like, oh my gosh, this is, wow, I've never seen something like this before. I thought, wow, people really enjoy this. So why not keep it up? Let's do different themes. Let's apply these to some different vehicles. Because I really enjoy Star Wars vehicles. It's one of my favorite things. Some people, <laughs> here's the thing. Some people love it and some people hate it. There are some really uh, negative comments I've gotten on applying a Scooby-Doo theme to uh, Star Wars. And I'm fine with that. You know, people have the right to their opinion as long as they're civil about it. You know, it, it doesn't mind that you hate it. Uh, I'm okay. Thank you for the feedback. I'm going to continue to <laughs> do it anyway. If you, yeah. if you want to follow me, the hey, that's cool. But for the most part, I've gotten positive feedback. And so I've kind of like wanted in the back of my mind to do one of these in real life. The problem is the parts aren't available in some of the colors. So like, I think one of my most popular models was the Black Vader themed Slave One, which I am pretty sure I can make that happen. One of my big projects coming up is going to be an all black Vader themed Slave One in real life. I really want that on display. I want to take it to a convention and let people look at it and say, hey, you know what, we don't have to stick to specific Star Wars themed colors. You can use your imagination to do whatever you want. And who cares whether some people hate it or just do what you want, be creative and let people see this, let, let people smile. I think that's what's most important about this entire process for me is that, you know, if it makes one person smile, then it's a success for me. That's why I do this. Number one, it's fun for me, but man, to see that reaction from people and, you know, there's a lot going on in the world today uh, with this pandemic. And so if I could put something out there that I have fun creating and that makes people smile, then man, that's, that's awesome. And that's where I get the most satisfaction from doing these builds on studio. And you know what? It doesn't cost me anything but time. That's the great thing about digital builds. Some people don't like digital builds and I fully respect that, uh, but it doesn't take anything but my time to get on and build something that can be photorealistic, put it out there and, and, and give people joy and bring smiles to people's faces. So that's why I continue to do it. And I, I think uh, my next build is going to be, uh, oh, I've I, I wanted to do a, a Jabba's uh, barge. Uh, and apply some different uh, color themes to that. I'm doing an X-Wing right now. Just apply different themes and I get some crazy ideas and that's where I get a lot of my ideas from is, is feedback from people on Instagram. Hey, what theme do you want to see next? And I'll go with the one that I think I can do uh, pretty easily and, and just go from there and see where the feedback takes me. So yeah, Instagram has been amazing in this entire process and it's... It's a, it's a great mentality to have. Because you're right, it is. You shouldn't be limited to what you think people want to see. Make what you make what you want to see. Like having the Scooby. I think personally, my favorite is the Scooby Doo Millennium Falcon. It's a blend of two great series, and it gives that creative outlook to not be limited by the colors or by the design. A lot of people don't, like you said, don't like digitally designing and changing things. Okay, don't do that then. Do build how you want to build, and that's. Lego gives you the opportunity to broaden out and do that. Personally, I love to design online because I don't have the bricks or the space to do it. I got a little bit addicted to Animal Crossing. I loved it when it first came out. I started building the buildings from it, and I'm very dedicated to as much realism as possible, but buildability is hard to do. So some of them, you know, there are parts that just don't come in those colors. And then sometimes I try to make it so that other other people who like those buildings 
can also build them. The studio gives you just the freedom to do so without having to have uh, 10,000 bricks. That's right. Uh, and there are, are so some of my favorite builds are from designers who build with studio. Number one, the rendering machine on studio, I think is pretty amazing. The photorealistic uh, render machine is pretty incredible. You can render something in as little as 10 minutes and put out a product that looks like it's real. But some of the builds that some of these designers have are just absolutely incredible. And the scale with in which they're done is amazing. And they're so detailed. It's really, it would be fiscally impossible for some people to build these things if they did it in real life. So mm -hmm. like you said, it's it, it gives people a way to express their creativity without spending any money. You know, number one, you can you could do it for free. You can do it whenever you want. It doesn't take up any space. And number two, you can be as creative as you want and use parts that may not come in those colors. So there is really there are really no limitations. The only limitation is in, in your mind. I really hope you know, I was scared at first when Lego acquired BrickLink because I was w wondering what their end goal was, and I still am it's up in the air. I hope they don't uh, take away some of the functionality of uh, Studio. I, I hope they don't uh, take it away. It, it's a wonderful thing, the, so the software, and allows people just to be creative. So mm -hmm. I, I just really hope that uh, that doesn't go away. I hope Lego just lets them be. Yeah, and it gives that endless ability. I've been working on a UCS uh, supremacy for, God, almost two years now. Because every time I design it, then I'm like, well, uh, I don't like it. And then I restart. But guess what? I don't have to purchase any bricks. I don't have to uh, use what I have. I can start fresh. For me, I, I don't usually show off the building process, but... Watching yours and realizing just how it does give you that view behind the curtain, I think I, I might start. I think it's good advice for anyone who's starting to build because people love the end product, but they also like the process. And that's how you showed off not just your builds, but everybody else's builds on your page. There are so many cool details that you just don't see. And people are like, well, hey, here's my technique for doing something. One of the the awesome things about studio is the you can show absolutely crystal clear pictures of the build in any stage so i'm building russ kolnikoff's or doom handle he goes by sometimes imperial star destroyer the, the 15,500 piece build that i built in real life i wanted to show people what that build is like and how he masterfully put this thing together and I wanted to give people the perspective of how it went together, at what stage it looks like, the, the details, different angles of what this build was and how amazing it is. And that's what you can do with Studio and Instagram. If I could bring him some business, that's, that's fantastic. Because ultimately, I get the build experience and I get to give him some exposure that he may not have. I can do that with my account. Uh, give people this perspective of how like it's one of my favorite sets it's masterfully masterfully put together i think he could build it be a lego designer no question it's just that's what what instagram and and, and studio can do and um, i love doing it and it's it's awesome to have people like you on instagram that want to show off other people's work because i do know a few people have gone on to become builders based on people promoting them, showing their work, continuing to dive into what they love to do. It gives people confidence, just as yourself building. It gave you the confidence just to continue pushing to finish the Millennium Falcon. Hopefully, people listening to this will realize, you know what, maybe I'll, I'll give it myself that confidence boost and start doing this. Continue to post, like Legos, and drive forward instead of, well, I don't think it's that good. No one's going to like it. Yeah, and I think there's a different... You know, there are some people who are naturally talented and have a, like that engineering background. I am definitely not one of them. There are so many designers who are so much better, in my opinion, in terms of uh, engineering than I am, because I don't have an engineering background. And I know a lot of people who work for Lego have that either the education or just natural talent of engineering. 
and that's necessary and required for these the builds that Lego publishes. But then there are the rest of us, the other you know ninety five percent who aren't as talented. However, we're just as creative. I what I hope in in my account is that I can show off both my build process and other people's build process. Is is that you don't have to be super talented. You can create whatever your is in your imagination, and and people like to see that creativity. You can build confidence over time and learn from different techniques, and and that's what I did with the the Millennium Falcon. I I started with uh, the skeleton, and then so much trial and error went into that build, which is why it took me 500 hours, and it wasn't due to an engineering background. I didn't have any special training. It was just a bunch of trial and error. And I think that's what that build showed off most is that it was just perseverance and patience and sticking with it and being confident. I gained confidence over time as I trial and errored my way through that build. So as long as you stick with it and and believe in yourself, uh, you can create anything you want. And I think that's great advice for all those fellow builders or aspiring builders. It takes time. If it takes you 600 hours, it takes you 600 hours. If you like it at the end, that's all that really matters. Just get it out there for others to view because you know what? You might not be the only person that likes what you created. And it'll give you that confidence and the drive to continue to create. And I, I think posting and showing others is just a great way to get people interested, not only in sets that they may want to buy, but sets that other people are making. Get them interested in buying instructions and going out and building them. There are tons of different hobbies out there. Lego just gives you that broad ability to build not just Star Wars or Ninjago or City or architecture. You have the ability to create whatever you want. That's right. And that's, I think what's great about Lego is that you can walk into a Lego store or go on their website. They have something for everyone. I mean, there are... Believe it or not, I'm a big, obviously I'm a big Star Wars fan, but I also like some of the friend sets. You know, we have a lot of friend sets in our city. And I think some of those builds are super creative. They come in colors that are bright and cheerful. Lego is for absolutely anybody. You could walk in and again, there's something in there for everyone that walks into the Lego store. And I think uh, that's where Lego gets it right. And I think that's why they're one of the best companies in the world because they know their audience. Uh, they know that they have something for every person on the planet. And that's why I respect Lego most is because they have something for everybody, which is amazing. You can't say that for most companies. A lot of companies are just very neat, uh, but not Lego. They, mm-hmm. They're colorful. They're creative. They have a great team of people. They're responsible. They have great people that work for them. They're just a a great company all around. I think that's important too, is everything they do has a purpose and it's done with responsibility and ethics. And that's why I respect them so much. We've we've gone a little bit longer than we were talking about half an hour, but you know what? I I think that's completely okay. I just want to leave with one final question for you. We've talked about it a little bit, but how has Lego impacted you? your daily life, your mentality, and broaden you to push yourself and interact with the 65,000 followers you have? What what has Lego done for you? Lego has allowed me to uh, discover my inner creativity. I think that's the most important part of life in general is always challenging your mind to be creative in whatever it is uh, you're passionate about. I just happen to be passionate about ABS plastic that comes in a lot of colors. It's constantly triggering my mind to be creative. And I think that's important in life is getting out there and using your mind in a positive way. So being creative, and then it allows me to meet other people. And I think that's one of the most important things. Uh, Just doing things like this is uh, important in my life because it, it keeps me fresh. It keeps me thinking, discovering other people's lives. And you know, I'm a naturally an introvert. Lego has allowed me to meet a lot of new people that I wouldn't have met uh, before. That networking aspect, uh, the people aspect, just I can't imagine Lego not in my life just for that reason. It just meeting new people, being creative and something that I can do with my wife. That's amazing. It's, it's hard for, for empty nesters to find something that they want to do together as a hobby. 
and a lot of people travel. Lego is something that my wife and I can do together and have fun with. Lego is a very important part of my life, and I can't imagine my life without it. That's a great sentiment. And you're right. It is something to get involved, not just yourself, but your family. My wife and I, we, we built the Stranger Things set together, which was fun because it's, it's just the inverted of each other. And hopefully in the future, we'll continue to build together. And Tim, I, I just want to thank you. This was a great interview. I, I hope we can set up something again. I'm very interested in continuing to talk with you as well as I think our listeners would be. Thank you for taking the time today to come on to the podcast. Well, thank you for having me, Garrett. I appreciate it. And I am up for as many podcasts in the future as you're willing to give me time for. I'm, I'm here. I'll, my time is your time. And everybody, please go check out Tim's Instagram again, TK Bricks. There are thousands of posts. It, maybe you'll have your post there one day to see some of your amazing designs and ideas you have. So I want to thank everybody again for listening. And Tim, again, thank you. Hope to talk to you again soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Garrett. I just want to thank you guys for listening again. This was another great episode for the Builder interviews. And I hope you'll come back next week to hear some more. If you're interested to check out my work as well as TK Bricks, there's TK Bricks. Go to Instagram. And for mine, you can go to Lego underscore underscore stud and iBrickHeads as well as Back to Brick 2. If you're looking for a Lego commission, you can look at the link below for my Fiverr account and I'll work out to build whatever you'd like to see. If you have any comments or would like to be on the show, make sure to email me or reach out to me on my Instagram. That's the easiest way to get a hold of me. And I'll leave you with this. As I always do, get creative, get out there, and go build something. Stop. Before you actually this podcast, listen to my bloopsters. But surprise, there are no bloopers this week. Trust me, there'll be more next week. And for those that did stick around, a little insider scoop. My YouTube channel will be starting up soon. I'm bringing back Back to Brick channel giving you some little tidbits and news here and there throughout the week. Thanks again for listening.